Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello, good afternoon, and welcome to the wind down. I'm Nick, and with me I have Scott. Hello, Scott. How, how are you? <laughs> what a surprise! Well, <laughs> <laughs> you. Yes. yeah, except except not meeting because we're both still in. It's the lockdown wind down again. Yes. How have you been in wind down? Wind down. Well, in, in, in wind down or in lockdown? Yeah, no, I've been fine. I've been fine. I've been keeping yes. myself super busy. Um, yeah, watching the family gently fall apart around me. It's perfect. How, how have you been? That's very Groundhog Day, isn't it? You sort of you get up and you repeat the uh, the previous. You, you travel to work work by walking the six steps into the room next door, and. Uh, yeah, I must say, though, um, um, Microsoft is starting to integrate all sorts of analytics into Teams um, with the new AI platform they're putting together. And um, at four o'clock now, every day, it pops up a little message and says, right, it's time to do your virtual commute. Because you're not commuting anymore, they say it's time to take some time out of your day and make sure everything you haven't done goes on a task list um, and make sure you can actually wind down and chill out so you don't go back into the house and murder everyone. I think it's a super idea myself. Cool. It is. So at four o'clock every day, you go and find a bottle of red. Well, not necessarily go and find a bottle of red. You're meant to do a, they've got a, a headspace have got involved and they're doing mindfulness meditations, but I skip that. I, I use a bottle yeah. of red for that. Um, but it's, it's <laughs> a, a cool, cool thing is, you know, what have you missed today? Put it in a task list. And before you leave your desk, you can, you can go away knowing what you have to do, except I, mm. I work off lots of task lists. So, so that is what it is. It's a good concept though. It's important to take yes. a break. It is. So anyway, before we talk about that, where are we? What are we drinking? Well, where are we? We are virtually. For, for me, I'm um, I'm under this. Uh, oh, I don't know if you can see that very well. Pepper tree, yeah. uh, the yes. pepper tree, uh, tree 2013 Shiraz. It's their standard Shiraz. It's they've they've got a couple of other uh, different varieties that sort of stream off from that. But um, um, I'm just finding bits and pieces in the bottom of the cellar and uh, looking at it. I should probably drink this. And some of them are coming out quite nicely. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I'm glad you have wine left in your yeah. cellar. I've, over, a, over a long period, I've cleared mine out quite nicely. But at the bottle shop today, I found this. This is a, um, oh, let me get that in shot. That's a um, Grand Barossa Chateau Tenunda Cabernet Sauvignon from 2019. And it certainly is a young wine and a little bit pub winey. But apart from that, it's okay. They do all right, though. Um, we'll, we'll try a couple of their varieties out. Yes, well, we, we should do that in another wind down. But yes, this, this is okay. It's a little harsh on the way down, but it's, it's nothing wrong with that at all. So what are we talking about today? I thought that based upon where we were talking about previously data and um, access to your information and all these things, it's all very well having it, but what are you going to do with it and, and where is it? So I thought we'd talk about a CRM. And mm, yep. with a lot of talk about sort of, oh, you need a CRM or use a CRM for this or that, but what? I guess what really is a CRM and how do people use it and where do you where do you find these things how much are they and yeah yeah I think I think that's a super question right uh, lots of people I've so many times I've bumped into people in, especially in small and medium business who go I, I need a CRM and I think there's these 
really quite extreme expectations of what one of these things can do for you um or or you don't understand that space at all and and you, you don't know what it will do and why it's good but i think it's rare you find a business that won't benefit from one and i've got, I've got a couple of examples if i can today of where a, a crm would be helpful so so i'll give you two um, and I'll okay. start with a really old one. When we first started running Hub One, my, my background's in doing work with large enterprises. So with most of my customers, most of my businesses, you've had yeah, up to 10 projects running at a time, which means you don't really need something to keep track of all of that because you can probably do it in your head or, or, or something simple. It's not a lot going on from, from that point of view. And I remember um, when we, we started Hub One and we started selling solutions to small and medium businesses and I was on a ferry and there's a ferry from Sydney to Manly that takes about half an hour. And I got on the ferry and my partner account manager, um, a guy called Owen McGrath, phoned me up and he said, um, let's go through your opportunities. And so I'm reeling them off to him and I get to the end of this 30 minute ferry ride and I haven't quite finished. And suddenly it hit me. I wasn't able to keep track of what was happening in my customers because I suddenly had more than you could count on mm. two hands. And, and I think if you've got more customers than you can count on two hands or customers are dealt with by more than one person, you need a way to store that information so everyone can share it, right? You do. You do. And at a, at a very basic level, and I, I, very, I mean basic level, there's a thing called a spreadsheet. Yep. And yep. you'd be surprised at just how many people are out there with spreadsheets running their businesses. Very well, versatile well, me, too. I've got another example where a CRM would be super useful. So um, yep. about a week ago, we did a online grocery order from one of the major supermarkets. And yeah. um, and it was due to be delivered yesterday um, between 6 a.m. and midday. And we got the confirmation email through last week. And, and there's a bit of a delay in Sydney at the moment because every, everyone's in lockdown. And um, about 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon, I wandered upstairs out of my office. And um, um, my wife was sitting there on the ground in the balcony. And I thought, oh, she's getting some sun. But no, she wasn't very happy. And why are you not very happy? She said, well, the shopping hasn't turned up. So we, we phoned up the the helpline and we got through quite quickly which was cool and the first person we talked to said um um oh it's just running late i went mm, okay and so that when then we went and looked online and we clicked on it and it went well you need to take this order to the checkout and i went well that's strange we, we've already paid for it so we phoned them up again um oh then we got a text from them saying um uh, you changed your order um and you didn't reconfirm it so you don't have a delivery window and we're not delivering anything so we found them up we, went, we didn't change the order at all and, and it was effectively what we think's happened is this the, the the help desk person on the end of the line said oh yeah this has happened to a few people where they've ordered something they swear blind they didn't change it and now they're getting no shopping delivered um and, and so so no they weren't going to help us no they weren't going to do anything just order again and and pick a window which of course in sydney is in a week's time so it's a really bad experience <laughs> but two things have come out of that first of all the help desk don't really realize there's probably a problem in their software so they're not telling anybody and i don't think the the vendor realizes they've got an upset customer and hmm. so because they're not tracking customers even though it was ordered online because they're not really tracking it all the way through they've got no idea that this problem's happening it's not being shared with anybody it's just a help desk call so number one they're not fixing their software so it's going to happen to more people um and number two they probably lost a customer for for life because my, my wife's not the happiest person about this so there's a great example even in a big organization where if you track this properly with software you'd be able to keep the rest of it what um what I got out of that was that you're on rations for the next week. <laughs> no, luckily my oldest daughter, when she's had a Pfizer jab, so she went and did the shopping. 
Oh, there you go. That's all right then. Um, but, this, but this is it. It's, a, it's really about a place to track your information about the clients you deal with, information about them, what you sell them, how you service it, how you support people, and even how you tell the world about what you do, your marketing. It all gets driven out of this centralised place. Um, it's hard once you start growing to keep it all on one spreadsheet or a number of spreadsheets. So you really start to look at how do I get a tool that does this? And then people will go online and start looking around and going, oh, here's this thing called, it might be Salesforce, or here's this thing called Microsoft Dynamics. That'll do. I need that. Not realising that that is really a, a fairly enterprise-style solution, regardless of the, um, the number of uh, small to medium business tags they put on there. And it needs a team of people to come along to actually interpret what are you doing. Yeah, so, uh, they, these... these um what you i think you you touched as you went through the things the crm does you touched on some of the complexity so because you want to treat keep track of your customers you want to keep track of what they've ordered historically or what they've spent with you or any time they phoned up with a complaint or a concern or or, mm. or anything at all you want that entire history this crm system needs to integrate with your finance system, with your ordering system, with your billing system, with your purchasing system, with your um, help desk system. The, the, you know, if, if you think about a consolidated, integrated information system in a large enterprise, you're going to integrate this with everything. Right? So it's going to integrate with a whole ton of systems. That's probably beyond the capability of a whole bunch of small businesses. And I, I see you know, small businesses start approximating this using zero as the center of everything but of course you can't give every member of staff access to zero so you start bolting on tools around zero i see it's a lot in smb trying to approximate that crm world and then on the other side i see people going and trying to implement one of the enterprise grade crms and wondering why this is the project that just keeps giving it just keeps going and going and mm -hmm. going because it, it can be incredibly complex it, it, it can, and you, you've got to be careful. The, the, the larger platforms, and as we mentioned before, the, the Salesforce, the Dynamics, uh, the, the, the SAP, if I sort of put that into the same sort of category, they are very powerful. <laughs> but they can be very expensive to implement properly. They're, uh, they're very good globally when you've got you know, tens of thousands of people in the company and you want to pull them all together. Um, but some of the vendors are doing cut-down versions of, of those for smaller size businesses, but smaller size can really be, oh, you've only got a 1,000 people or maybe only 500 people. Um, it doesn't really hold together the same way if there's 10 in the business, for example, or 15. Yeah, so, so there was a tool, part of Office 365 and part of Small Business Server, actually, called the Outlook Contact Manager. Oh, and yes, yes. Act, act as a, a tiny CRM inside a business it was it was horrendously successful but impossible to upgrade and move and all sorts of complexities mm. around it. it was kind of a a bit of an afterthought great little product though and um and lots of smbs really use that because they want to keep wanted to keep track of those things and i think that something like that uh, uh, kind of integrated with office 365 kind of really small crm that you can grow rather than a really huge crm that you have to shrink is is a and it starts to be a way forward for a bunch of organizations yeah, I mean, you, you really need to start with something fairly simple. Um, and one of the um, one of the things I've seen and uh, had a lot of sort of feedback from um, is people say, oh, I, I had a look at this, but it does it this way or it does it that way, and I don't like that. I, I, I've got this process that works this way. And that's, that's all very well, but have you ever thought that the way the CRM tool does it could be world-class best practice? 
And maybe if you modify your process a little bit, you could do it that way. Yeah, that's that's actually really, really interesting. You make a really good point, Scott. I, I once worked on a, a CRM project many moons ago, um, and I was in an accounting firm. And one of the first things you do when you're trying to map your processes to something that's going to help you automate them is write down what your processes are. And I went into this firm and what were they? 30 people. So really, in the grand scheme of things, really small um, with three partners. And I said, well, let's take a really simple process. We all know how to do the individual tax return. And let's draw up the process on the board. So at the end of it, we had three processes and there were ones that belonged to each partner and they were all different but all three of them thought their process was the right way to do things and i think the thing to realize is in you know in at least in suburban accounting and small and medium business it's rarely your process that's unique ip that's why people come to you that's it yeah i mean the, the way you invoice someone is probably not why people buy off you no, not at all. In fact, we had this conversation this week. Scott, Scott was preparing you know, brand new automated proposals and, and we were talking about yeah, how pretty should a proposal be and does it make a difference if it is? And, mm. um, yeah, and, and I think it's, proposals in my mind has always been about quick, right? If you're having a conversation with a customer and the customer says, yes, I want one of those and you can put a proposal in their hands in minutes, it could be written on a tiny bit of paper it doesn't matter you're just agreeing what you've just agreed i think the longer you wait the prettier and prettier your proposal has to be because everybody's forgotten what you agreed and, and this is it I, I managed to get a proposal solution integrated into all of our systems so no one has to type anything in when someone buys something it, it perhaps isn't the what i call it's not going to win an award or for a piece of art it's, it doesn't look the greatest all round. It's all the, all the standard information's there. It is quite nice. It's fairly featureful, but I'm looking at it going, oh, gee, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, okay. But I tell you what, it's automated and it works and it's very efficient. Yeah, and, and efficiency is a trick, right? Because if you have a slow process, your customers end up paying for that process somewhere along the line. So it's in your customer's interest for you you not to be doing that stuff and you to be getting on with servicing them. So, yeah, there's always that that conversation as well and 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 certainly there's a if we, we i remember when we were implementing zero practice manager for people the conversations we had at how specific they wanted invoices to look right down mm. to how, how pretty it was for customers and, and with one customer we went and talked to a bunch of their customers and say do you care what the invoice looks like from your accountant and you know nobody said they did would you be less satisfied with your accountant if the invoice was let no i don't care and it can be written. I've, I've got to pay it, right? It's not a pleasant thing, mm. right? But it, it doesn't have to be something that's, that's beautiful and pretty. And I think people get really caught up in the look and feel of those deliverables when you should actually be focusing on the things that add value, right? Yeah, and the um, I mean the, the thing is, if you go and ask your clients, what do you think of what my invoice looks like? Half of them probably don't even see it. Yeah, yeah well, a lot of it will go through it, automatically and they never touch the thing, right? Yeah, no, that's just it. Cool. So, back to CRMs. What does CRM stand for, Scott? Well, it's a customer or client, depending on how you want to look at it. Relationship management. Ah, so, so what's it managing the relationships of? Yeah, and this is it. You are managing every client 
and it doesn't have to be the client. It could be a, a, a prospect. It could be a, um, a, a lead or something like that. But you, essentially, all the, all the people and businesses that you have information about, you are keeping it all together in one place and then using a consistent process or system to access those. Okay. So I've, I've always, I remember when CRM systems first started to appear, um, I, I, I went to some presentation about CRM and, and one, one of the guys was saying, you know, when a sales guy really gets to know a customer, starts to build a relationship with them, right, and understands, you know, their wife and their kids and their birthdays and those sorts of things, that's mm. what needs to go into a CRM because it's customer relationship management. But that's not what the relationship there means, is it? It's no, how, your, no. how your customer relates to invoices and quotes and help desk tickets and and all of those other things about them not necessarily their spouse's name and their birthday although that's a, a nice thing to be able to reward it was the old um the trick with the old act software yes used to keep track of all that very well at a more i suppose a more personal level, contact manager yeah. um but no but the, but the idea is you are keeping track of what's cool one thing is critical information about your clients yeah their, their address where do i send the invoices to a list of products or, or services they may have purchased. Yeah, a copy of their invoice, all the history being in one place so that if someone rings up for support, you know that the support person can just look in there and say, oh, I can see everything you've got. I can see what you've done. I can see someone's working on a project for you at the moment. Here's the latest notes on that. How, how can I help? Yep. Mm. yep. So so you'll find this, you know, the the internet service providers do this super well. You, you phone up an internet service for they know what kit you've got, what connection you've got, whether there's been any work on it. All of that's on their screen immediately. And those bigger call centers do this like really well, out of sight, if you will, of the good ones. Maybe yeah, not that that grocery store we talked about the other day. The no, but it's probably easy when you've got 10 products. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you know, tens of thousands of customers, but 10 products, one being an internet link, two being a router or something like that. But yeah. It's um, that's the whole idea of reproducing or reproducible products. You're sure. selling the so, same thing many times. So lots of people say, you know, which CRM do I choose? You know, everything from, you know, sugar CRM, which is kind of free and you host it on Linux all the way up to yeah. uh, Microsoft Dynamics, um, you know, Microsoft Dataverse and the Power Platform or Salesforce or Salesforce for small business. And there's other specific ones in different verticals, right? So there's not-for-profit CRMs and there's, you know, all sorts of different there, products out there. There, there how, are. How do you go about choosing one? You know, there's, I've, I've sort of put them into three different buckets. Um, one of them is... We're a marketing tool, marketing-focused tool. We like to keep all the client contact data in one place so we can send out all the marketing um, alerts, all the campaigns, all the newsletters, all the emails, whatever it is. We're tracking it all then. We're very focused around marketing and around maintaining that contact and using that information to generate awareness or to you know, help you sell your offerings. Sure. But then once you start getting into operational things or invoicing or something like that, no, they, they don't go that far. So they generally integrate with some of the platform for that. Then you've got other systems that really are the back-end part where they're very good at that other bit. They're very good at the invoicing, at the support, at the operational elements. But perhaps their marketing part is not really there or they don't really focus on that at all. Um, and therefore, they spin off into some of these marketing tools. So that from the marketing side, I'll say something like you know, like a HubSpot, a MailChimp would be good. Um, you've got an active campaign, does a few things. And there's, there's like quite a lot of these types of tools. But then the ones that started at the back end, um, 
and even even Freshworks sort of sits in the middle there to some degree. Uh, Zendesk when they started, although they went and bought um, another company, and so you've now got the, uh, the Zendesk cell, which is the front end, the, that part of it, uh, bolted in there, trying to you know, fill all the gaps. Um, when you get into your Zoho sort of suite, you get into your pipeline. There's there's literally hundreds of these tools that try to fit in a bit of the puzzle, and they'll be very good at what they do. And at some point in time, you'll outgrow them because you want them to do something else that they're either not there yet for or whatever, and you'll sort of move on. But this is not a five-minute job. This isn't a, yes, I can sit down, I can put my data in, and an hour later, I've got everything I need, great, my business is automated. This will take months. It'll take a long time for something to actually get in there. You're also retraining how you're doing or how your processes are working, how you're running your business by the time you actually, after three months or six months or even 12 months, you've actually got that process working, you've actually got some good momentum and you're fairly efficient. And that's when you're getting your benefit from being able to scale because you've got a process in place that supports that. So, so if, I'm, if I'm a business owner, I yes. kind of need to work with someone to help with this. This isn't just, there's an awful lot to think about and it's far better I think to find someone who's who's done this before who's maybe failed somewhere else who can I'm using that as an example but but who who knows where the the pitfalls are in doing this type of thing for example oh, look, absolutely I mean I, I really feel for the poor person that goes and buys a, a Salesforce license or a Dynamics license off the shelf sort of thing and tries to make it work themselves they, they are they are very powerful systems but they are very complex systems and you'll quickly lose yourself if you don't have, you don't know what you're doing or you don't have help to guide you. Yep. So, so it's help to guide, not just the technological help, right? You need the business help because you're, you're streamlining business processes, right? So mm, absolutely. There's, there's a kind of business focus on it as well, which is you know, fascinating. It's a technology solution, but it's very intertwined with business processes and business process automation and all those sorts of things, right? Yeah. And you want to make sure you get your processes in there. And your business must be able to work with the process that is in the system. There's no point in going and saying, oh, I'm going to get ABC product, only to find that it doesn't actually support your business processes and you can't change your business processes to work the way it needs to. And you're not going to know that straight away. Yeah, this no, is why you need to talk to a partner or someone who knows a bit about this. And we see, see that a lot with um, you know, the... Yeah, those products which, you know, in a way, in the zero add-on market, there's a bunch of products like that which really fit a specific way of doing things. For example, I think it's mm. examples, TradyPad, for example. It's a great tool if you're almost an individual tradie who goes out and does jobs for people, right, like a plumber or an electrician or, or something else. But it, it then struggles when you're a larger you know, a group of tradesmen working under a certain banner or you're a builder. It, it's really interesting how these things get, you know, they define their process and that's how it works. And, and sometimes that doesn't work for everyone. And I think we learn that when we look at, you know, our manufacturing customers is we, they can be quite specific in, in the areas they do things with, with weird nuances about their products and things, which I think is fairly fascinating. Hmm. And this is the whole thing. You need to get a solution that's tied into your business and if you find that whatever your sweet spot is for your business, what's your cream of the crop that no one else has that is your real thing that's getting you value, that's where your focus should be. Not so much, oh, look how pretty my invoice is, oh, look how, how good my process is for this or whatever it is. And as long as you can get that in there and make that work well, 
you've now automated your key part of why you're in business as much as you can, at least anyway. Cool. So automate the key thing you're in business. That's the trick. Find something that helps you do your core business better, quicker, more efficiently with less errors. Yes. And put it in the cloud. And put it in the cloud. Always put it in the cloud. <laughs> and have multi-factor authentication. Let me guess. Yes. That's right. To access it and make sure you back it up. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Oh, it always comes back to that, doesn't it, Scott? Oh, it does. Cool. So that, that, kind of, that kind of brings us to the end of our time for the wind down this week. That's been a lot of fun. I appreciated that, Chad. Yeah, it was really good, actually. Off to look at some more CRM tools, I think. Absolutely. So, um, look, everybody, thank you if you've been watching live or you're watching this or listening to this. Thank you for being with us and, and hearing us talk about CRMs in the wind down. We produce this every week. So feel feel free to subscribe. Please give us a like. It helps with the recommendation engine. Share us with your friends. That's always cool. And leave a comment if there's a topic you'd like us to discuss. But for now, this has been the wind down. Scott, thank you so much. Thank you, Nick. It's been lovely. Cool, excellent. And we've got another like this week, which is awesome. Where do we do? Oh, oh, is that my two? <laughs> <laughs> Scott, you have a fantastic week. You too, everybody. Bye-bye. You now. too. Thanks, everyone. Bye.